week wrapped up the Senate Appropriations Committee public hearings on Governor Josh Shapiro's state budget proposal. The governor, in his first budget as our state's chief executive, is seeking an increase of $1.3 billion in spending from the current budget. These hearings on the Senate Appropriations Committee, they give legislative oversight where members of the committee question department heads on their appropriation requests. And as part of these hearings, we heard from our state's treasurer who urged lawmakers to make greater investments in Pennsylvania's rainy day fund. And today we have her here to break down the future implications of overspending now and what she sees from her vantage point as the custodian of more than $150 billion in tax revenue. Today, we are talking with State Treasurer Stacy Garrity. Treasurer Garrity, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and your background? How did you end up being the state's treasurer? <laughs> oh, I'd be happy to. So I was born and raised in Bradford County, uh, and I still live there, by the way. And Bradford County is you can't get farther northeast uh, than Bradford County. So it's one of our very rural counties. And I always like to joke that we have more cows than people. But um, I did spend 30 years with the uh, Army Reserves, and I had three deployments overseas. And um, I retired in June of 2016 when I hit that thing called your mandatory retirement date or I would still be serving because serving was and is the honor of my lifetime. But in parallel, I spent about 34 years in manufacturing. So I worked at the largest tungsten smelter in the Western world, Global Tungsten and Powders, where I did work my way up to become one of two female vice presidents. So after I hit my mandatory retirement day, um, it was kind of nice to have a little bit of a break because I was 24 seven. In fact, my second weekend home, my husband looked at me and said, Stacy, don't you have somewhere you have to be? And I said, no, aren't you glad? Um, so it, it was nice for a while, but uh, eventually I decided that I really wanted to keep serving in some capacity. So there was a special election um, in a congressional race, and I called my state rep and said, hey, if I'm interested in doing something in politics in the future, should I jump in? There was only like two to three weeks left to go in this special election. And she said, absolutely. So I ended up sort of um, getting pushed into the deep end instead of just dipping my toe in the water. So it was a fantastic experience. Um, there were 31 people that were in that special race. And I think I finished four out of 31. So I was delighted met wonderful people, had a great experience. And I thought, okay, well, there's a lot of different ways to serve. And so then when we had the row office elections, people had remembered that I ran and they said, hey, would you consider running for either treasurer, auditor general? So of course, the first thing I said was absolutely not. I'm from Bradford County, uh, middle class. And, um, you know, I definitely don't want to do statewide. So they really didn't find anybody for treasure. And so, you know, after a while, I put myself on our prayer chain at church. And then, you know, the doors kind of opened. And then I thought, well, if not me, then who? And so the rest is is history. So I was outspent 11 to 1. I don't think we had flipped um, a row office from an incumbent since 1988. So it, it was really fantastic. And I'm just so honored to be able to serve the good people of Pennsylvania. 
That's quite a story. And I have to say that I think there is absolutely no doubt with your background that our state assets are in really good and competent hands. So with our listeners now knowing our treasurer has the background for the job, 30 years in the reserves, decades in manufacturing, what are some of the things that you're cautioning lawmakers with regard to our state's finances? What are your thoughts? on this upcoming budget? So it is an interesting and very important year for the state budget. So right now, the general fund cash flow looks very strong through the end of our current fiscal year. And in fact, we anticipate ending this fiscal year with a budgetary balance of $7.8 billion. But we have to remember a lot of this, in fact, most of it is because of the one-time federal funding. And after that federal funding has been spent, um, we're going to you know, face a fiscal cliff. Even the governor's budget projections show us running out of money in about three years, and that includes spending most of the rainy day funds. So think about this. In a matter of three to four years, we will have spent $7.8 billion plus the current $5 billion in the rainy day fund. That's a lot of money. So that just highlights the structural deficit that we have. When you looked at the Independent Fiscal Office, um, their analysis of the budget, they say, okay, this year we have a structural deficit of $1.5 billion. Next year it's $2.1 billion. And then it increases to $3 billion a year. So you can see how that surplus of money gets chewed up um, very quickly. So in other words, a fiscal cliff is coming. Nobody argues that. So I always like to say we have two choices. So we can spend modestly now. We can save as much as possible to make sure that the fiscal cliff is as small as possible and protect those programs that we can fund now for a longer period of time. Or we can spend a lot this year and make that fiscal cliff even higher. So obviously, I'm pushing to, you know, to spend modestly now and save for the future. And I know that you agree. Well, I, I certainly heard you loud and clear at those budget hearings. I think that all of my colleagues also heard you loud and clear, right? At this point, the Commonwealth has a really simple choice. Spend modestly now, and and you said this, or face that possible fiscal cliff because those federal funds are going to dry up. I don't think they're going to be able to continue to run those printing presses down in Washington, D.C. to send more money to us. You live up in the northern tier. We're not growing dollar bills on on trees up in the forests in the northern tier. So once those rainy day funds are depleted, we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, we absolutely are. And that's why I'm even encouraging us to set aside um, some additional money into the rainy day fund. Because unlike previous years, we're actually going to have interest income. And that's from our short-term cash pools of about $480 million. And the amount could actually be a little higher by the time we reach the end of the current fiscal year. So I'm urging us to at least put a chunk of that aside because that'll give us two to three days more for the rainy day fund, which will put us at the national median of all states. Right now, we're at about 42 and a half days. Well, at the end of the day, and I say this often, um, this is not my money. It's not your money that we're talking about depleting. It's the people's money. It's those hardworking taxpayers in Bradford County, York County, and everywhere in between who send this money to the government. And you and I are tasked with trying to safeguard those assets and ensure the prosperity of Pennsylvania as we face a possible recession. I've sat through all of the appropriations hearing. 
I've heard it from the Secretary of Revenue who said, look, the economy is softening. We've heard it from the Independent Fiscal Office. They have very concerning projections. So now something I continually hear from the community about is transparency in government. So I think it's really important that as we're facing these great challenges, that the people have the ability to see what their government is doing with their money. And I think transparency is always important no matter what you do, but specifically in government spending. So the Senate followed in my footsteps and started posting all expenses online. It's important to me that taxpayers know where their money is going. You yourself have been at the forefront of ensuring government transparency. Believe it or not, folks who are listening in, you can go on and see everything that happens to your tax dollars live, real time. So Treasurer, can you tell us a little bit more about that transparency portal that's been implemented by Treasury, how it's not only added visibility and transparency, but also a layer of accountability in how state tax dollars are managed and allocated? Absolutely. The transparency portal, I have to say, I think it's fantastic. So it's on our website. So you can go to patreasury.gov slash transparency. And people can use it to keep track of the state budget to see how Pennsylvania compares to other states on a wide range of fiscal measures. They can look up state contracts. They can see for Treasury how we spend every dollar. And we added a new feature just last year, and it's called Ledger 5. And it has its own page on the transparency portal. So Ledger 5 is an accounting tool. And when the state spends money that wasn't appropriated, it ends up on Ledger 5. Now, it's largely for medical, for DHS, um, about 90%. But before that, taxpayers could not see how every single dollar is being spent. And, and it, wasn't their money. Just, it wasn't just taxpayers. It was actually legislators. Legislators could not see exactly. Ledger 5. And for us to be able to have the best information to make important decisions on the money that the people we represent send to Harrisburg, that was huge. It, it really was. And so now anybody can go to Ledger 5 and see if any money has been spent uh, that wasn't appropriated. And up to last week, there hadn't been any, and that's largely because of the federal funds. But three years ago, I think there was $850 million, so almost a billion dollars that we spent that wasn't appropriated. Well, and when I think back to us as legislators being asked to raise taxes when we didn't know how much money was in the dark on Ledger 5, that was, again, so important. I'm so grateful for that. Now, I've also heard that there are new features that show county-by-county county data as well as statewide data. We do. So just last month, and it was during Sunshine Week, actually, we added a lot of new data to the transparency portal. So now people can go and see how their county compares in terms of the PA529 account. So that's College and Career Savings Plan, PA ABLE. So that's uh, achieving a better life experience to save for people with disabilities and unclaimed property. And we have all of that data at a statewide level, too. So it's an interactive map and you can go county to county, see how all the, the different counties are doing. Because I'm always looking for ways to increase government transparency and making this data so easy to see gives the public more insight into Treasury's programs than ever before. Well, I think it's 
no wonder that the Treasury's Transparency Portal has won numerous awards. I think there should be a disclaimer or a warning for those listeners today that once you get onto that site, um, I will share from personal experience, you can get lost in it for hours. Um, it's amazing. So the interactive map shows that there is almost $6 million of unclaimed property that has been returned to York Countyans since 2021. To me, that's amazing. $6 million sitting in the state treasury that actually belongs in the pockets, pocketbooks and bank accounts of people back home in my county. However, there is still almost $52 million of unclaimed property just waiting in treasury for your countyans to claim it. So how do they go about finding these funds? I know my office can help with the search. What do you recommend? So yes, right now we have more than $4 billion in unclaimed property that we're working hard to return to the rightful owners. And yes, that's billion with a B. So what I always tell people is you can, you can go right on your cell phone and you just go to patreasury.gov slash unclaimed property, pop your name in there. And um, you can also put in your address, but you know, just search to see if you have any. And if you have a difficult time, we have a 1-800 number. So we have a call center. And we have people there that are willing to help. I want to tell you what unclaimed property is because it can be a lot of different things. So it's like money in a forgotten bank account. It could be uncashed checks. It could be insurance policies, rebates, even stocks or bonds. So for example, if there's no activity on a bank account for more than three years and the bank can't contact the customer, they have to send those funds to Treasury. And then we work to connect with the owner to get that money back in their hands. Because you know what? It's great to have all that money, but the money doesn't belong to the state. It belongs to hardworking Pennsylvanians. And you're right. We do have almost $52 million that belongs to people and businesses in New York County. And I want to thank you for your help in returning those funds because I, I know your office does quite a bit. Well, I have to thank you for getting that money back into our hardworking taxpayers' pockets, making it easier for them. You've certainly been a great champion and I truly appreciate your dedication to the cause. As you work towards ensuring that taxpayer dollars are being put back into their pockets, you are also in charge of receipt and deposit of state monies, investment management, oversight of all the withdrawals and the deposits from various state agencies, safeguarding all the data that's associated with all of these tasks is daunting when I think about it. Um, you took a step, actually the first one to do so in Pennsylvania state government, to ban the social media app TikTok on all of the state treasury's devices and networks. Sure, but first I want to thank you for your work on Senate Bill 379 to ban TikTok across all state agencies and the entire Senate for supporting that bill unanimously. So Senate Bill 379, it's important for our state, and I really applaud you for your leadership on this. Well, thank you. And here's why I banned TikTok at Treasury. So in November, FBI Director Christopher Wray, he told the U.S. House Homeland Security Committee that the FBI had national security concerns about the U.S. operations of TikTok um, because the CCP, Communist uh, China, could potentially use it to influence American users or control their devices. And in fact, they have been doing exactly that. 
In December, TikTok fired four employees, two American and two Chinese, for accessing the personal information of their users. So in March, it was reported that the Department of Justice is investigating TikTok for the surveillance of American citizens. And I also want to note that TikTok has been banned by uh, 28 other states. So because our computer network, it's targeted by scammers and criminals every single day. In fact, uh, we have 170,000 events a month. So it's that's It's, it's incredible. Exactly. So... It just is a clear danger due to its collection of personal data and its close connection to the Chinese communist government. So banning TikTok from treasury devices and systems, it was really an important step in our never-ending work to ensure that the safety of Pennsylvanians' hard-earned tax dollars and other important sensitive information that's entrusted to treasury is protected. So the head of the FBI, the head of the CIA, appointed by a Democratic administration in Washington, D.C., states controlled by Republican governors, Democratic governors, this is not a partisan issue. I was able to spearhead this because it really is a bipartisan effort to ban the application on all state devices and networks. It was a unanimous vote. And I think about what they could do with this data and I think it's it's really scary. Um, you have been on the front lines of the battlefield to defend this nation um, in the United States Army. And now I think that that battlefield has been shifting and it's increasingly going after our digital assets. So it's so important that we guard them and protect them. Treasurer Garrity, after all the topics that we covered today, your office seems quite busy and responsible for many assets across the state. So I thought it would be really interesting to ask you a question. What's a day in the life at Treasury really like? Well, that's a great question. And I have to say that since I've been there for two years and three months, I have not had one day that has been the same. <laughs> So most days do start out with a senior staff meeting, and that's where all the bureaus get together with myself and we talk about what's going on. So it's a, just a way to keep everyone on the same page. So many days I'm traveling across the state because I made it to all 67 counties last year and the year before, and I'm on track to do it again this year. Um, so treasuries at many county fairs, they're at many community events because I think it's really important to talk to people where they are, listen to their concerns so that we can respond. I also sit on 16 boards. So it's often that I'm at a PEASERS board meeting or a SERS board meeting, uh, sometimes PEMERS as well. Um, we have put together an outreach team and that is more for rural because 48 out of 67 of our counties are rural and sometimes they get left behind by state government. So what we do is we promote PA ABLE and our PA 529 programs. We promote unclaimed property. Um, also, I meet with legislators both in Harrisburg and D.C. about a wide variety of issues. I have regular meetings with Treasury's Investment Committee, uh, regular meetings with our comptroller to make sure that I am reviewing the status of the state's finances, and regular meetings really with all the bureaus. Um, and then I go to speak to a lot of events, like I'm going to be in Pittsburgh the last two days of this week. And that's really, again, it's to speak to all the municipalities. Well, I get tired just following you on social media. 
Um, and I will tell you that I love your Made in Pennsylvania Mondays. Yes. Um, there are some really cool things that are made in Pennsylvania. I hope that you'll come down to my district at some point because we make a lot of really incredible things in York County. We've never lost that manufacturing base. It's one of our most important sectors of our economy in York County and I think still across Pennsylvania. Um, so I will look forward to welcoming you and your team, hopefully in the future at, at one of those manufacturers for a Made in York County Monday. I would love to do that. That would be awesome. And I, you have been so present all across the Commonwealth. I know you've been to the York Fair, um, so many events that happen in York, and we appreciate that so much. So what's next for you and your team? Is there anything coming up that you can share with us that the listeners may find interesting, relevant? Yes. So I'd love to highlight two things for your listeners. And the first thing is we're working on legislation called Pennsylvania Money Match. And this has been introduced as Senate Bill 24, and you are a co-sponsor. So thank you so much for that. But what Money Match is going to do, it's going to return unclaimed property to Pennsylvanians faster than ever. So it's going to allow Treasury to automate the process for most claims. So those that have a single owner and are worth less than $5,000. So once we verify the identity of the owner, we'll be able to send that money back to them without requiring them to fill out the forms. So we will automatically return it to them. And I think right now in this inflationary environment, that could really help a lot of people that are struggling. Absolutely, no doubt. And I think anything that reunites people with their money faster is a good idea. And I think there's an opportunity here for cost savings in government as well. Um, less paper to process. Exactly. Um, although we will we will miss having those constituents come into the district office for assistance. I've always said if government and the bureaucracy does their job well, they'll put my district office out of business, which I, is not necessarily a bad thing. So I appreciate your efforts to do that. Um, the other thing we're going to do is make even more improvements to the transparency portal, and that includes more in-depth reporting on state revenue. So what I want to do is provide real-time comparisons of revenue collections this year compared to last year. So that would help people monitor and understand the status of the state budget throughout the year. And the other thing I would love to add is something called Open Checkbook. And that will give the public access to essentially every payment made by state agencies. So right now you can see every payment made on behalf of Treasury on the transparency portal under the feature that we call Treasury Checkbook. But I want to do that for all state agencies and other states have done it. And there's no good reason not to do it here as well. I absolutely love that. But I have to tell you, I can see myself staying up many late nights <laughs> just looking at all of this data that you're going to put up there. But it certainly will help us as legislators do our jobs better. And, and that's always a good thing. Well, thank you. I'm so grateful that you were here today and that you shared the important work that the Treasury is doing. Do you have any parting words of advice? You're our state's keeper of taxpayer funds. What important advice can you share with listeners? Well, Pennsylvania is an amazing state, and I believe we have an amazing future ahead of us. But we have to make smart decisions today. And with legislators like you in the General Assembly, I am very confident that we will.
Well, I have to thank you, Treasurer Garrity. And I have always appreciated that you and I are on the same page. And it's really simple. You can't spend what you don't have. And especially with this budget, looking at those future fiscal projections, I have often sat in the seat. You sit on the PCERS board. I have sat here as a legislator. How can we fix our state pension challenges? And I've often thought if only the legislators who sat in this seat before me had had foresight to make good decisions, not just what looks good for today or tomorrow or maybe a year from now, but five, 10 years down the road to really future-proof our state's finances would be so wonderful. And I think I really would have benefited from those decisions as a legislator. And I think the people I represent would have benefited as well. So sitting in this seat, making those decisions, I'm always trying to think about the future and just appreciate that you're always there as well. So Treasurer Garrity, thank you. It has been great to discuss so many important issues with you today. And I really appreciate you joining us for this episode. So for our listeners, where can they find out more about what you and your team do on their behalf? Where can they lose hours of their life checking into the state's finances? Okay, so um, our our website is patreasury.gov. And then our Facebook is facebook.com slash PA Treasure Garrity. And our Twitter is at PA Treasure. And Senator Phillips Hill, um, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much. Today's guest has been the state's treasurer, Stacey Garrity. And I'm Kristen Phillips Hill. I really appreciate you tuning in for this episode of Kristen's Corner, a podcast by your state senator. And if you have any questions about this program, or want to check out other episodes, please visit my website at senatorkristin.com. Senator, K-R-I-S-T-I-N.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.